And now, Monumental Sports and Entertainment along with Pressbox presents Stan the Fans Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan and Craig Heist bat around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at StanTheFan. Now sit back and enjoy the bat around. Guys, take it away. Thank you very much, Bonza Tufa. Now, wait a minute. Bonza Tufa hasn't worked here in about seven weeks. Can't believe Eight that's weeks. still on, on our air. Yeah, he is still on our air. A little homage to our former producer. Stan the Fan and Craig Heist here on this Saturday morning, the 10th of March. And as soon as I say the 10th of March, that means the opening day is only 19 days away, Craig. Yeah, a little, little less than three weeks away. And uh, before you know it, my schedule goes from... A few games here and there during the week, and you know, to, to every night, every night, yeah. every night, and that's just the way you and your wife like it, right. right? All right, it's key to a happy marriage. Yes. <laughs> All right, we are here alive. Also in the studio with us is our producer extraordinaire, Miss Brittany Everett, Stan the Fan, and Craig Heist. You can join us now uh, at uh, Facebook Live by going to facebook.com/slash Pressbox Sports. And we will be here for the next couple hours, and let's set the stage of what we've got on the air. Craig, how about if you uh, do the uh, introductions of what we have today? Well, show? we've got Jim Henneman coming up on the show uh, at 1020, and that'll be uh, followed by Patrick uh, Patrick Edwards. Fla- flowers. 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 Well, it's your writing here, so why don't Wait you do it? Hold on. That look like Edwards? Uh, yeah, All right, really Patrick does. Flowers Patrick at Flowers. 45 from thelooposports.com out of Chicago. I, th- I think you were How in about lo- the next one? I think you were in a loop when you wrote that. How about the next one? Howard <laughs> Bender. Now, there yes, you go. That's fantasy a Alarm bit, that's on right. the XM Fantasy Channel. And that's going to be interesting because... You know nothing about fantasy. I know nothing about fantasy, and the reason I don't know anything about fantasy is because if I had to keep track of the things that... For example, fantasy football players have to do right. on a weekly basis, and like heading into game day with everything else that I'm doing, I'd go nuts. Okay. So I don't, I don't even bother with it. So you don't go nuts now? No, I don't okay. go nuts now. All right. Anyway, Howard Bender is with us at 11:05. He's uh, one of the owners of Fantasy Alarm. We'll talk about that yeah, and about and, and the uh, season uh, ahead. Tim Tremblay is doing due to join us at 11:25 to talk about the second annual. Baltimore City Baseball Training on March 24th at Druid Park. They've got over 200 kids signed up for that. Last year they had about 118. This is to an attempt by homeplate.org and uh, Leon Pinkett and Delegate Jack Young, uh, City Council President Jack Young, uh, to reinvigorate baseball in the inner city with kids, get them playing, and then at eleven thirty-five, can you read that? I can read that because that's the guy I booked, and that's Bill Latson from MLB.com. Uh, he's been doing a lot of things with his podcast, and uh, we'll find out exactly what when we talk to him. So we welcome you back after missing about five of six weeks where you were filling in for Phil Wood, and mm-hmm. I think one week you were filling in for somebody else on Nats Talk over on the Masson side. I heard Howard Bender, as a matter of fact, actually the other guy on Fantasy Channel, Lenny Melnick, talking about the fact that the Nationals are going to be one of the first teams to start changing their shifts around, like giving the hitter 
Have you heard this at all? I, I've caught in wind of it. Uh, I haven't necessarily seen what it looks like just yet. It sounds like it's meant to keep the hitter like, wait a minute, they're playing me to the left now. Uh, you know, get them mixed up or and something. again, a lot of this goes back to the analytical stuff and uh, the sabermetrics and one of the reasons why... Uh, one of the one of the reasons why Davey Martinez was hired uh, to manage this ball club. All right. Well, we will uh, talk uh, a little bit about that with uh, our guest today. We'll talk probably talk about Hen- that with Henneman. Henneman's uh, down in Sarasota as he does each spring training. That's one of the things when you're semi-retired. Uh, that Jim can enjoy about five or six weeks down in Florida, which is not a bad idea when you're his age. Um, He's written uh, several good columns since he's been down there. I think this latest one, uh, and we'll talk to him, we all have heard the adage addition by subtraction. Jim's column this uh, the last couple days is uh, subtraction by addition, and it is the advent of perhaps several teams going to a six-man rotation when it's hard enough to get five decent starters. Right, it is. And uh, and p- teams are always looking for pitching, and this is an interesting read by Jim uh, dating back to a pitching coach that we had here in Baltimore several years ago under Earl Weaver, George Bamberger. And, and another and, former uh, Oriole pitching coach, Herm Storette, Herm Storette talking right. about it. So, so that goes back even further. Uh, but, a- again, when you think about – the, the difference in 20-game winners and every kind of the, – the little argument, or not argument, but this discussion when people talk about Jim Palmer as opposed to Mike Messina and who was the greatest, you know, and it's a generational thing and this and that and everything. Well, statistically, there's no question that Palmer was the guy. But when you think about when, when Palmer pitched – it's a four-man rotation. When Mike Messina pitched, it was a five-man rotation. So you're talking about the difference between 32, 33 starts as opposed to 40, maybe 41 or two. Uh, that makes a difference. And uh, but again, when in in a game where you're looking for so much pitching to make your club competitive, uh, it's another illustration of just how hard it is to do today in the game. And uh, I, I think Jimmy probably. Brings up some good points in this thing. All right. Well, we'll talk to Jim Henneman about that. Speaking of pitching, uh, Oriole fans will get their first glimpse tomorrow night on Masson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, who are they playing tomorrow night? Phillies. Phillies. Yeah. Um, as Andrew Kashner will make his long-awaited Orioles debut. Solid signing, I think. You know, not a spectacular signing. It's not like getting Arietta. Or you, Darvish, but we knew the Orioles weren't in that. Market. Or Alex Cobb, for that matter, because I really well, think I Alex. Was getting, I was getting yeah, to that. I was going to say Alex Cobb would have been an upgrade to me from Kashner, but again, I, I still think I still think I still think they're in the hunt for Cobb. I still think they're in a hunt for another guy. I don't think it's going to be Arietta because I think that price is probably too high, and uh, he's probably not going to sign Stan until the last uh, the last week or a couple days before the start of the season with somebody. What are you hearing over in the Washington camp? Because we know the relationship between Scott Boris and the owner, Ted Lerner, uh, is one where oft times he comes to him at the last minute and says, do you really want to win, Ted? If you really want to win, this mm-hmm. is the guy you got to sign. Well, and, and that certainly may still happen. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it did happen uh, because then you, you, you put Scherzer, Strasburg, Gio, Tanner Roark, along with 
Arietta, and that's as good a five as you're going to find anywhere, probably. And they, a lot of writers are making the point, too, if you question whether they have the money to do it, remember that Gio Gonzalez, who's been great in the in the regular season but mm-hmm. awful in the postseason, he comes off the books next year, and I don't think they're likely to sign, re-sign him. Well, again, that, that, that depends on what kind of a year he has this year and exactly what kind of money uh, is, is we're, what we're talking about. Well, but you'd, you'd think he's going to command at least what a Cobb. Oh, right? easily. A Cobb yeah, or I, would, a win, I would. I would. I would think even so. A little bit more. But the other part of that too is if you go out and you get an Arietta with what you said about Geo being good in the in the, in the regular season, yeah. but then having his struggles as far as going deep into the postseason games, you you, you look at it and say, well, who you want now? In that in that spot, would you want Jake Arrieta or would you rather have Gio Gonzalez? And I think from that standpoint, it's Jake Arrieta, no, no, no brainer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think in this day and age, teams often look, Craig, and I think it's wise to look at it this way. Okay, we're we're going to win the regular season, or we're going to get into the playoffs. Who do we have? And I think if you line them up with a Scherzer, Strasburg, and Arietta, with Arietta and Strasburg being pretty close, one, two, yeah, two three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that that is a threesome that's going to strike fear into the Cubs, the Dodgers, or whomever else is right there with them. Well, you know, and again, you, you look at the past years that the Nats have been to the postseason. I mean, a couple of those games – one in particular against the Giants, the other one last year against the Dodgers. Uh, I'm sorry, against the Cubs. Uh, and, and you look at it, and you're, you're sitting there in this fifth inning, and you've got Scherzer coming back in the game. He strikes or he gets the first two guys out of the lineup, and then all of a sudden yeah, that one, you have a misplay in the outfield. A, that's a head scratcher. Right, it's a head scratcher, and before you know it, you got four runs on the board. Uh, All with two out. All right. You're watching and listening to the Bat Around Stand the Fan along with Craig Heist. Uh, Craig, there was a topic that I had that I wanted to talk to you about, and it just zip, it just went out of my head. The Alex Cobb situation with the Orioles. I, I'm just getting a vibe, and I keep listening to Jim Bowden, and he thinks the Orioles are the best fit. Uh, they trust him that he's been American League East tested, which I think is a very important thing. It's one of the reasons I'm not as psyched for Lance Lynn uh, in in Baltimore. Uh, you hearing much about this at all, or do you see the fit still there? Oh, I see the fit, yeah, without question for Cobb. And, yeah. But but I whether or not that comes to fruition or not, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, it's amazing still to me the amount of people that are still out there. Well, and we had three of them this week. Mm-hmm. Mike Moustakis went back to his team for yeah. an under an undervalued contract. Remember, this is a guy who was offered the $17.4 million, uh, qualifying offer. He turned that down. He's now playing for 6.5 for this year with some incentives and an op- a mutual option next year and a $1 million buyout. So it's really, I think, a guarantee of $7.5 million. Uh, and then he and his agent will, will and go back. He will not be able to be qualified again next right, year. Right, but that brings me to the topic of conversation around here, and that's yeah. why the hell can't the Orioles do that? With? With Moustakis. Right. Well, I think the question with Moustakis <laughs> is for a team – for a team like the Orioles, whose on-base percentage as a team is about three 
13, 314, and they've got Davis compromised with his on-base percentage. Last year, Manny, I don't even think, had a 300 on-base percentage. Trumbo is a 301, 302 lifetime on-base percentage. Jones is about a 312. Moustakis, I think, comes in at 309. Uh, and, and again, you know who fits perfectly for the Orioles is Colby Rasmus, a 311 lifetime um, yeah, on-base percentage. Exactly, but I'm on with the Moustakis thing, and the reason I bring that up is a, yeah, lot I mean, of what, it, a lot of what the Orioles have to do and think about is predicated on more than likely losing Manny after this year, no matter wh- where, when it happens. What Does it happen to the trade deadline? Do, does he play out the season and they lose him then? Uh, who knows? But I, I think the Orioles have to be very careful, though, about where they log jam positionally. And I think they're going to take a good, solid look at Ryan uh, Mountcastle this year at probably Bowie to start with and see if he can really handle third. They have to make a decision if this guy is a left fielder or whether he's a third baseman. And if he's a third baseman... I don't know that I want to tie into Moustakis for three or four years when I think he could be possibly ready next spring. Well, it's funny you say that because they had to figure out what Trey Mancini was. Yep. Is he a first baseman or can he play the outfield? Yeah. And I'm and frankly, I'm staggered after signing Davis to the seven-year contract yeah. that he wasn't playing outfield from before. the get-go yeah, from in, the in, yeah. in uh, AAA the year before. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. And uh, – uh, again, though, but y- you don't know what you have until you put him out there. And then as the season progressed, yeah, you can tell he was a little iffy and questionable on some fly balls. But, boy, did he turn out to be a pretty good outfield. No, he has turned out to be. By the way, Steve Ginsburg, Dave's brother. Yes. We hired the better writer this time. Well, Steve yeah, Ginsburg, exactly. And the more handsome writer. Well, that, that goes with <laughs> Look, I see both of them way too much. So. <laughs> anyway, Steve did the cover story for March on Trey Mancini which will be out next Thursday. Terrific story mm-hmm. and a great cover by our friend Brad Meerholz, who's done all 240-plus uh, press box covers. Steve Steve spent all that time and throughout his career. Uh, and, and He was with Reuters. With Reuters, and, and he still does some freelance stuff for them. So I see him at hockey games and things of that nature, some college basketball where he works with Dave sometimes. Yeah. He's a genuinely good guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, as opposed yeah. to Ginsburg. Yeah, well. Dave Ginsburg, Dave Ginsburg who yeah. appears to on the surface, very surfacey, mm-hmm. to be a good guy. I'm, I'm actually the uh, Ginsburg family photographer, if you haven't noticed on Facebook. I have, I have noticed. Yeah, uh, you know. You're, are you working on that book now, Me and the Ginsburgs? Me and the Ginsburgs, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, that'll, right. that'll sell a lot of copies. Uh, um, <laughs> I was reading uh, Rock Abaco this morning. Uh, and it looks like Austin Hayes, due to the shoulder ailment, mm-hmm. um, is more than likely, if, he, if he's not on a disabled list at the beginning of the year, will most likely start at Norfolk. It looks like the right field spot, and there's a lot of reasons for this. Number one, probably delays his uh, clock from ticking, not the biological right, clock, but, uh, but the, the financial ar- clock. Financial arbitration clock. Arbitration clock. Yeah. clock. Um, and I think all he'd have to be is down there a month. But I think I think the the two names that look like are going to do, do right field to start the season are Colby Rasmus and Craig Craig Gentry. Craig Gentry, both right. figure to be good platoon mates. Um, and I think also 
the the name coupled with Hayes is Anthony Santander. Mm-hmm. Santander, the Rule Five guy from a year ago, and was he has able to, to stay get on the roster for forty four days, right. and that's the perfect amount of time to buy Hayes another buy the club another year of control over Hayes. So to me, about May twelfth, look for that. If Hayes is healthy, look for him to be brought up. And healthy and performing well at Triple A. Mm-hmm. In other words, yeah. if he's hitting two oh eight, he goes back a little bit. But um, I think he goes back. And I'm reading uh, from Jim Henneman wrote me an email after he read my piece where I predicted that Cisco was going to be up here. He's saying now he thinks Austin wins is going to be the backup catcher. We'll talk to him about that in a little bit, and that Cisco will go back for even more seasoning. Uh, behind the plate at AAA. Could be. And, uh, you know, if that happens, well, then, uh, you know, if the Orioles feel about Cisco the way I think they do, uh, then that's not going to hurt him one iota, and that just gets him even more ready. What do you think he – I mean, in other words, we know that they don't love him defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, so what does he actually go back there and really work on? Is it is it – Getting up and throwing stolen base guys quicker? Yeah, it's, Is that it's, probably it's, most it's, of it? It's that. It's coaches uh, throwing a bunch of balls in the dirt and how well you block them. Uh, pitch framing, that's a big deal. They, they always work with guys with that. Uh, so, again, it's all about getting better. And, uh, you know, while they don't love him defensively, I still think they like his bat. So yeah, his bat plays at the big league <laughs> yes, level. Yes, it does. There's well, no and that was that was a lot about that was the same way with Trey Mancini. When Trey Mancini was at Bowie, you know, you had you had scouts and you had coaches telling you two years before he got here that that bat is major league ready right now. That's how um, Steve Ginsburg's piece starts. Uh-huh. I hooked I hooked him up with Terry Crowley, mm-hmm. who's been a Mancini guy for about four years now. Right. right talking about when he first really worked with them. You know the drill they do where they soft toss pitches? Well, at the end of the 15 season, he had given all of his players a video of sort of how they like they like to do that. And in 16, at the beginning of the season, um, Mancini is doing that drill with, uh, with uh, Terry Crowley, and Terry stops and he goes, Trey, that's one of the best sessions I've seen a hitter have in a long time. What's the story? He goes, well, you gave us that video. Uh-huh. I really studied it and and took it to heart, and that's what I practiced. He called Buck Showalter and said, we got something special here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think we all know he's a very special player. Well, and he is. and, and A very the, special guy, too. So that's what I was just going to say. And, and that what that story that you just alluded to, uh, is an indication of that because of he he's not afraid to take instruction. So many times in this game nowadays, you you find players that are not as coachable as others. Certainly, he doesn't fall into that category. You know, Buck or somebody else grabs him aside and says, "Look, this is the way to do things." Yep. Uh, he's going to take that to heart and listen and do everything he can to try to improve as a player. All right, we want to remind you, if you are listening to uh, the Bat Around right now, you can watch us at Facebook Live by going to facebook.com slash Sports. Joining us right now from Sarasota is the inimitable Jim Henneman. Jim, how are you? Uh, they're not going to see me on Facebook. Uh, that's, that's, they might see your guy. They're not going to see me. Uh, that's right. We haven't mastered that plan yet. 
How are you, Jim, first of all? I'm okay. Who who were you guys just talking about? I caught the We were talking about Trey Mancini and about oh, okay. he's he's our cover story, Steve Ginsburg. Uh, the better writing half of the Ginsburg <laughs> brothers uh, wrote our cover story for March, and I hooked uh, Steve up with Terry Crowley, and Ginsburg, Steve Ginsburg ended up using something that Crowley told him as the hook to start the piece, uh, and it had to do with, with what a student of the game Mancini is. He's, he's a very interesting story, and uh, as Crow. I'm sure probably pointed out many times, you know, a couple of years ago, why we could have maybe gotten a candidate for that number five stop, uh, spot in the rotation. Of somebody, but, but, but couldn't get it. Nobody was willing to give up a prospect that might be a number five starter for a guy that's uh, proven to be a pretty good hitter. He's a, he's a different guy. He's a, he's a four year college guy, which is unusual in itself. Yeah. And, uh, and just as um, a guy with a quick bat, and looks like he's going to be a decent hitter. He's, you know, we we got to remember he's only here one year, but so yep. let, let's not let's not get him ready for Cooperstown quite yet. But, but he looks like a guy that's going to help. Hey Jim, I know you don't spend an awful lot of time in the clubhouse the way you did when you were a beat reporter. Do you get a sense of what a genuinely good guy he is compared to a lot of today's athletes? They, well, I I don't I don't like to do comparisons. Number yeah. one, but you know I I would just say that based on on what I hear from other people, yeah, he's a you know he's he's an easygoing guy. Uh, but as I tell people most of the time, when they say I've heard people say, well, he's just like a regular guy. And I said, well, you know, most of them are. And it's uh, just like most sports writers or most lawyers or most doctors or most whatever. I just, you know, I think the percentages pretty much worked out the same. Hey, Jim, um, it's not something you've written yet other than in an email to me uh, in response to my piece yesterday from afar on the 25-man roster composition. You seem to think that a guy that we haven't heard an awful lot about, although, again, Terry Crowley loves this guy, you think Austin Wins uh, has sort of nudged his head in front of Suzik and uh, Chance Cisco to be to have a real shot at being the backup guy to start the year? Well, based on based on what you've seen, I I thought that Stan and and I I think uh, ideologically uh, that might be, but I also remember too that he's a guy who's got options, and I'm I'm not, I'm not sure about Susick. Uh, Suicide's got a little over a year's service in a big league, so my guess is he he probably does not have options. I'm not, I don't I don't have my all my notes in front of me. I got uh, the spring training press guy here, so I'm not really sure about that. Okay, uh, Wins is uh and 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 Suicide actually is a little bit older than Wins, and Wins yep. is you know Wins is 27 years old. Uh, will be uh, Suicide will be 28 here shortly. Um, I you know I think. I really do think one of those guys, and actually wins, if you stop and think about it, has been, and, and this was brought up to me by, actually, by some people in the, in the, who have played with him in minor leagues, he has been a backup catcher for a good part of his career. I mean, even yep. in the minor leagues, because of his, because of his defense. And yet his offensive numbers at Bowie last year, you know, were, 
for that type of thing were pretty impressive. He played 105 games in Bowie last year, so that's uh, it's not to be dismissed. And it doesn't look like Suicide's numbers don't project average-wise, at least uh, based on, on what I see here uh, that much. And I, I don't know how much difference there is in those two defensively, but Wins has been very impressive, I can tell you that. Jimmy, let me ask you something about the column you wrote uh, for for Press Box uh, about the new math formula, subtraction <laughs> by addition. Right. Uh, it's interesting when you read it and you're thinking about the difference between you know, you know, you take us back to the George Bamberger days, uh, and, and when when you're dealing with a four man rotation, which eventually, as we know, comes five man rotations. But now you're you're hinting at a six man rotation, and yeah, what what's kind of your premise behind all that? Well, I mean, I think a lot of that has started. It started with with Otani, the kid from Japan, and in and and in Japan, I think it's more predominant than it is over here. And right. I, you know, I. It's hard for me to imagine that really completely catching on, but there are more than one team talking about doing it. And the the reason is is because they really, as as we go back, they, they really can't find a legitimate number five starter. But in the in the meantime, Steve Lusky had a good piece, and I actually saw this in the in the uh, in the Tampa Bay paper the other day. Mark Tompkin did a good piece, and I really think that the Tampa Bay has the right grip on us, mm-hmm. and they're. And their grip, it's not to go to a four-man rotation, but it's to go to a five-day rotation. And, and if you look back to the start of, of the five men in, on a starting rotation in the big leagues, you go back and look at it, they they, they did it on a five-day basis, not a yeah. five-game basis. And right. There's a big difference. And, and the difference is from when Flanagan and Palmer and, and those guys would start anywhere from 38 to 40 games a year, that dropped down to about 36. Or every time you go, it drops down a little bit more. So what you're doing is you're, you're using your number five starter instead of your number one starter maybe about, let's say, six to seven times a year, that, which really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And if uh, if you look at, if you go back to the beginning of the five-man rotation with the Orioles, there was the, five, the fifth guy usually got about 20 starts. And he would be the fill-in guy. And then every... Every time, every other time around the thing, he would be a he would be a, a long relief guy for maybe a, a seven day period. And to me, if, if you're going to go, if you're going to go to five starters, that's that's the way to do it. But you know, the Angels are talking about doing it because of, of Otani. Uh, the Rangers are talking about doing it for reasons known only to them. I'm thinking, and I, I know that the the Hamill's not too happy about it. We do know that, so. Jim, but, you know the way this thing, the way things are going, and I look at all these pitchers that are out there that are, that are still unsigned and and not getting the money that they thought. And I, I think someone has finally realized we're asking these guys to pitch fewer innings, uh, fewer starts, and uh, we're paying them more money. Right. And so somewhere along that, it doesn't make any sense. Jim, one of the things uh, I find with uh, both teams that are talking about doing it, the Rangers and the Angels is they have a number of pitchers that are, um, shall we say, in, in, in different phases of comebacks. Garrett Richards, uh, Skaggs. Uh, how much, you know, listen, I, I think the cat, the, the cat is out of the bag. I don't think we'll ever go back close to a four-man rotation. Yeah. Although I know Tampa's talking about doing it in April. 
But how much of it is sort of like thinking like, hey, by getting less of this guy, even our good guys, we're actually helping them stay healthier at this point in their careers? Well, that, that, that's probably true. But, you know, usually when you're doing that, when, when you're getting guys ready to pitch in the big leagues, you, you don't do it in the big leagues. Right. Then you do it in the minor leagues. I mean, now, uh, granted, these guys, you know, you're not going to send these guys back to the minor leagues. And and the, and the, to, to step back to on the Tampa thing, Tampa's really not talking about going to a – four-man rotation, they're go- they're talking about going to a five-day rotation. rotation. There is a okay. big difference. Yes, okay, you, you said and that. Yep. You, you, you get me where, where yep. I'm going there. So yep. Yep. They're going to use five starters. They're probably going to use a rotation of guys in that fifth spot, which, you know, it's kind of like rotating your DH. I mean, I, you know, I, I, to me, that makes a lot of sense. We're talking with Jim Henneman. Jim, uh, I, I wrote a piece, and you, you probably read the second version of it. My my first version of it, it's unbelievable the timing. <laughs> Yesterday, I, no, I wrote it on Wednesday. Um, it Excuse me, I wrote it on Thursday. I told Caitlin, I know you're busy with the paper. It can go up Friday morning. And in, in it, I closed out those final two spots by saying, I have a feeling the Orioles are going to sign Cobb and I really think that they're missing the boat if they don't sign Koji Uehara, who I thought they could have gotten for about two to three million dollars. And if if you follow my my gist, it's that the difference between Cobb and Uehara versus say Mike Wright and Nestor Cortez is to me a huge difference in the Orioles' ability to compete. Mike Janowski writes me, he goes, "You have to revise column. He just signed." With the the Giants right. in Japan, so I had oh, to rewrite oh, the column yeah. and took that out altogether. Um, yeah, well, I didn't see that. I I didn't. I mean, look, you're taking sign Alex Cobb. You know that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm one of the handful of guys, maybe in the whole state of Florida, that still thinks Mike Wright is, is going to can pitch at this level. And I don't know, but I don't know whether it's going to be as a starter or as a long reliever. But I will say that he's going to pitch in the big leagues this year. Mm-hmm. And if he's going to pitch good, it better be in Baltimore. Right. Because they can't. They can't afford another Parker. Road. We've been down yeah. that road before. Yeah, they can't afford another Parker Bridwell with Mike Wright. Yeah. Uh, it it really is. It's very interesting. Your thoughts about the composition of the roster now since uh, they got down to spring training? They've added two very useful pieces in Colby Rasmus and Danny Valencia. I think they're. I think this team is going north with a very, very veteran team, and it's going to stay that way as long as they stay in contention. At least, mm-hmm. uh, I think Valencia is going to make the team. I think uh, Rasmus is going to make the team, and I think Gentry is going to make the team. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a platoon situation in uh, in in probably in right field. Uh, there's going to be a platoon situation to a degree, at least, at first base, maybe. Uh, they're going to get Valencia's bat in the lineup against left-handed hitters. I mean, that's the one reason why you sign I mean, they're still, you know, still looking for the left-handed hitter, and, and they had interest in Rasmus a couple of years ago. He's a defender, mm-hmm. uh, he's, and, he, and he can run, and he can run. And so, and that's going to, you know, whether that holds Hayes back or not, I don't, you know, I don't. Neither one of those guys is going to keep Hayes out of the big leagues if if he continues to do what he did last year. And uh, and talking to 
talking to Alex Murphy, uh, the Tyler Hall kid who has played with Hayes. He raves about Hayes mm-hmm. and his ability and his approach, and he thinks he's Superman almost. So, <laughs> and his numbers, his minor league numbers are every bit as good or even better than Ben Attendee's. And uh, so he's he's got a chance of being a really good player, but I don't think they want to they they don't want to they're not going to want to platoon him that's for sure. But you know down the road if they have all right handed hitters they got all right handed hitters you got to get your best players in the lineup. Yep. So he, he's going to force his way in the lineup pretty soon. Uh, how much is his uh, is is his shot at making the big league club now uh, the big league club now been compromised by this shoulder ailment? Uh, well. I, I can't answer that question. I really don't know. I mean, Buck didn't seem to think it was that big an issue. But I mean, part of his part of his uh, attraction to the club is his defense, and throwing, of course, is a big part of that. So, uh, you know, if if that continues to be a factor, I'd say that you know it would be. But uh, right now, I'd be surprised if all three of those veteran guys that I just mentioned didn't mm-hmm. go north. I mean, Buck loves Gentry. Yeah, uh, he brings a lot to the table. Uh, he really hasn't played a lot of big league games in, in in recent years, but he's he's got he's got some unique skill sets. So uh, you know he's he's not going to scare anybody. He's not going to make uh, the Yankees or the Red Sox quake in their boots, so to speak. But the, but he's a piece. You know, he's a piece of the puzzle. Well, we got a- Andrew Kashner is going to make his first spring start uh, tomorrow against the Phillies. And we right. still haven't seen Chris Tillman in an actual game right. other than what he's working on and getting set for the season uh, in, right. in minor league games and things yeah. of that nature. What are you hearing as far as Chris Tillman's progress at this point? I, I couldn't tell you because I have not – I'll be honest with you, I have not seen any of the, any of the backfield you know, simulated games. Season. Okay. Look, sim- simulated games are good to get in shape, but I don't think you're going to prove – you're going to really show anything there. I feel bad for anybody who's going to pitch the next two days because the weather's not going to be good at all. And uh, in fact, the weather tomorrow in 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 some areas is going to be really tough here. Uh, and and it's it's like in the 60s down here today. So the Floridians are are running for the first. Or I was going to say, are wearing their winter jackets. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I used yeah. to get the biggest kick out of that. You go you go down to Vieira for the Nationals, and you're on the backfields, and it's uh, maybe in the upper 50s or low 60s, wind, and everybody's right freezing like yeah. crazy. And yeah. I'm like, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're saying the weather's going to be bad down there uh, tomorrow and the next day, but hey, we're supposed to get some snow here Sunday night into Sunday Monday. Night, yeah. So, well, what can I say? I mean, it, 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 it <laughs> what can you say? You there, but I, I mean, from what I can see is that. Baltimore's been fortunate in these last couple of because they really got hammered up north. Yeah. And, uh, hey, Jimmy, um, not that it not that it had been talked about at all when I threw that little teaser in about the Orioles and how they should acquire Uihara. Uh, just thought I'd like you to reflect on on the career he had in the big leagues. <laughs> Signed by Andy McPhail originally yeah. on a two year deal. As a start, hope for starting pitcher, right. he, he he put together a nice six seven year run in the big leagues. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was, uh, you know, max. I mean, I call max ability guy. I mean, yep. he he got he got everything out of it. Uh, some deception, a little bit quicker than than people thought. Uh, a good splitter. Uh, yeah. See, he he uh, he he. 
did about as good as you could do. I mean, that was a great sign. There's yeah. No, there's no doubt about it. I mean, and it just goes to show you that you don't, you know, you, you don't always know what you're getting. I mean, yeah. you really don't. I mean, like, the Orioles had these three rule five guys, and, you know, Cortez, I liked everything about the way he works, all, but I, I, I think against, he saw an all right handed hit lineup the other day, and I think that's going to be a, a tough call for him. Um, uh, facing a lot of right handed hitters. Uh, of those, of those Rule Five guys, it, it looks to me as one has really stood out as maybe having the real goods, and that's the guy they got from the Cubs, Pedro right. Pedro Arojo. Could you tell us a little bit about him? Have you seen I, him? I would say the same thing, but it isn't so much that you know what I've really seen there is is maybe what you've seen from the other guys, and, I, and you know without. I mean, look, I don't want to throw. Cortez under the, under the bus for one right. for one start, but the bottom line is is that he's he's pitched uh, a total of seven innings and and he's been scored on in five of them. So you know you can't discount that. Uh, you know that's a that's a tough number to to overcome. Uh, Mesa has has been has not thrown as hard as he reportedly supposedly has thrown. So uh, I, I don't really. I really don't know, you know, where that's going to go. And I mean, I had, uh, you know, and that's one reason. And look, look, as much as we like to think that the, that Tillman is the number four guy, we can't discount the fact that the last season and a half we're not very good. And so you got to find out, you know, what, what you're going to be. That's why I tell people who are a little bit nervous. They said, I'm nervous about what right being number five. I said, well, let me tell you something. <laughs> You better worry about him being number four then, because because <laughs> right now he's probably ahead of a bunch of guys. Well, so. now let me let me ask you this: in in, in far as Tillman is concerned, uh, Buck's idea and premise of not starting him in games, and I get it from the standpoint of you're you're seeing a lot of Boston, a lot of Tampa, right. a lot of the Yankees. And and that can be troublesome, obviously, in a spring training where you're you know you're you're seeing teams you're going to face during a regular season, but the idea of him not getting in games to this point in spring training, how detrimental is that? Well, I, I, you know, I'm not going to go into that because I really, because honestly, I don't know. But you know, it these teams all seem to to try to do that. There's a lot of Eastern, you know, the Eastern Division teams are all around us. Uh, but you know, what are the Red Sox or the Yankees or I mean, what are they going to learn about someone now that they don't already know? So. Right, you know, I and you know, I, I, I mean, there could be some psychological reasons, maybe why you don't want to do it. I understand that, but um, you know, sooner or later, we. I mean, right now, I don't, nobody's pitched more than three innings, and it's, you know, we're only a little over two weeks away from opening day. So, uh, you know, I, I somebody they got to get stretched out a little bit. I mean, I, of course, I keep. I mean, I'm spoiled because I go back to the days when, when you want your starter to go at least seven innings before you left spring training. As and now you, you want to go seven innings sometime in August. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's gotten to that point. You know, if they go seven innings now, you get you get more than a you get more than a title of back and, and an attaboy. You you oh. certainly make an interesting case though about the that that this has a little something to do with the innings pitch number and how often they're going to use guys does affect how much you're willing to pay these guys and it makes perfect sense Jim before we let you go 
Uh, I know this isn't a, an imminent decision that the club's going to make have to make. You you wrote a little note in a column or two ago about Ryan Mountcastle. Do you right. have yeah. you made up your mind whether he's going to be able to cut it as a third baseman in the big leagues, or do you have oh. real doubts about that? No, I, I I'm not going to try to make that. You know, he's too young to make that kind of a uh, thing. I I'm pretty sure he can play bat. Yeah, there's and, no question and, about it. And that. the history tells us that if you play bat, you play. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't care what league you're in or, or whatever. But you know, the bottom line is, you know, they they do. I mean, the one thing I can say is that they have some young guys that can swing the bat. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, they, you know, they got a couple of kids. You know, and and in all honesty, somewhere along the line, one of them is going to be a trade piece. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, we we got them. Face up to that. I yep. mean, no question. You know, let's about not it. forget Cisco. We're looking for a left-handed hitter, and he's a left-handed hitter. Yeah. And uh, you know, I you know, I say to yourself, well, maybe he might not look bad hitting in the second spot. Uh, you know, when he when he's but I I do think he only had like three hundred and some at bats at AAA, and I I don't think it'll it'll hurt anybody for him to get a few more. And let's also not forget, you know, Caleb Caleb has been here and has done a great job. But in the minor leagues, Taylor was noted as an offensive player mm-hmm. who was a defensive detriment. And and then all of a sudden he got to the big leagues and everybody raved about his defense. Right. And 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 Caleb was also thirty one years old. So and I'm not I'm not trying to make that old, but because he's only been here for three years, we kinda of still look at him as a kid. And you know, he there's a he's a kid that played six years at Bowie. And uh you know, and and he's and I, I mean I think he's a remarkable. He's another remarkable story of a guy who just uh, I'm not going to say remade himself, but uh, but he got a chance to prove himself and, and, and right. it worked. And Jimmy, who, who's to say? I mean, Wins is no different than than I, Caleb. I see was a very three, three years ago. I see yeah. a great similarity between the two of them. Jimmy, right. we always appreciate it. You're doing some great work down there. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you in a in a week. He's on the okay. beach. He's on the beach. What kind of work can he be doing? Seriously. No, I'm, one thing nobody ever <laughs> accused me of. They, I don't have any sand between my toes. <laughs> Jimmy, thanks, thanks, right. and uh, God bless you. Stay Take healthy. Care. All right, he's Jimmy the, Henneman. He's, he's one he's of the, the best. best around. Still writing great stuff he's still, too. Still is. All right, we're going to take a time out when we get back. TheLoopSports.com's Patrick Flowers is going to join us, and we're going to talk a little Cubs and White Sox. We'll be right back. When I think about things that have over-delivered in my life, I think about blueberry pie Oreos, I think about the first Kingsman movie, and now I think about hammer and nails in the Owings Mills Metro Center. My first trip to the ultimate man cave Nirvana blew me away. When I got there, I went to the back room. Oh, this is where the magic happens. I got my first ever manicure and pedicure treatment. It was so relaxing. I understand why a lot of guys actually fall asleep back there. The seat was custom crafted for my comfort. I had a flat screen in front of me with noise-canceling headphones so I could watch whatever game I wanted to, and I was even sipping on a nice adult beverage. Then I went out and Tracy hooked me up with a really stylish haircut. She took care of me with the shampoo treatment, the hot steam towel. You can even get the close edge razor shave all at Hammer and Nails Owings Mills. Memberships are available. They make a great gift. On Mondays, you can rent out Hammer and Nails for your corporate event. Trust me when I tell you, this is an experience all guys must have. Hammer and Nails, grooming shop for guys, now open in the Owings Mills Metro Center. 
Looking for an exciting new crossover vehicle that has the legroom and cargo space of an SUV? Then you need to look at the all-new Eclipse Cross at Jerry's Mitsubishi. Wow! Once you get behind the wheel of the new Eclipse Cross, you won't want to let go. Available in all-wheel drive, the new Eclipse Cross at Jerry's comes equipped with a 7-inch touchscreen with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, plus head-up display and adaptive cruise control. And right now, Jerry's has a $1,000 dealer discount available. Do it. Go see the new Eclipse Cross at Jerry's Mitsubishi on Joppa Road or online at jerrysmitsubishi.com. Trying to feed a crowd? Order Chick-fil-A catering online from our friend Steve at the Nottingham Square Chick-fil-A. Hot or cold, the scrumptious platters from Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square make throwing your party easy and affordable. Hot Chick-fil-A nuggets, grilled chicken, cool wraps, salad trays, and the chocolate chunk cookie tray. And Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square will deliver. Place your order now. Go to Chick-fil-A.com, choose the Nottingham Square store and get your party started. It's delicious and your house will smell out of this world. Don't forget the Chick-fil-A surprise play of the game. Reheatable bite-sized nuggets are sure to draw a crowd. And it's still cold outside. Slurp up the sizzling chicken tortilla soup or the soul-cheering chicken noodle soup at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. KZ, Sari, the NFL chick, KO from the Pressbox Fantasy and Reality Football Show. You can hear it by going to pressboxonline.com slash fantasy every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. to noon. And you can also check us out on facebook.com slash pressboxsports. We talk about college football. We talk about the NFL. We talk about the fantasy aspect. We talk about the reality aspect. And we talk about soccer. The, the other type of football. No. No, we don't. We don't? No. Never? No. Yeah, not really. Tennis? No. Nope. Rugby? Nope. No? Just no, football. Just NFL football. football. College, College football. College football. Every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. to noon, Press Box Fantasy and Reality Football Show. They say you're only as strong as the company you keep. The U.S. Army keeps you in strong company. If you want to stand out, the Army can give you the training you need. To take advantage of the strong options waiting for you, visit GoArmy.com. You may qualify for up to a $40,000 signing bonus. Start your future today at www.GoArmy.com impact. There's strong, then there's Army strong. Paid for by the United States Army. Welcome back to the Bat Around. Craig Heist and the fan Charles on this Saturday morning. And it's hard to believe that we're just uh, the 29th is uh, yeah, it's the day. Yeah, it's over two uh, weeks away. A little, little more than two weeks away. A little under three and 19 days. And uh, before you know it, we'll be uh, wall-to-wall baseball, as you will. Uh, let me ask you something real quick. When you... Uh, well, think we've about got a, we've got a guest. I understand okay. that, but I was just going to. He's a very important guest. I understand though, Patrick that. Flowers of thelooksports.com. <laughs> and go you, ahead. And go you ahead. have his you have his Twitter handle I too. Do you yeah. not? It's at pflowersTLS. All right. Okay. Well, let's get to him because I can. I can. You can ask me. I can that ask anytime. you about that All right. later. Joining us right now is a guy I got to know through fantasy baseball and searching for information a year ago. He's the proprietor of a very successful website out in the Chicago area. It's called thelooksports.com. He is Patrick Flowers. Patrick, how are you? Good, Stan. How are you? I'm great, and you're on with me and uh, Craig Heist. How are you? Hey, Craig. How are you, Patrick? Good, good. 
Uh, tell us a little, tell our audience a little bit about the loopsports.com before we get into talking a little Cubs and White Sox. Uh, we're a Chicago based digital only publication covering the Chicago sports landscape from the collegiate level all the way to the professional level. Uh, we launched in December of 2016 and we've, we've seen great success in our short time. So we're doing good and we appreciate all the help we've gotten from Stan over the last year. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure the numbers are huge in, in Baltimore. <laughs> I'm sure they're coming out of the woodwork, but I know how it is when you build an audience, anything you can add uh, to, to people's awareness of you is vitally important. Now yeah. I'm having you on to talk about White Sox and Cubs. Tell tell our audience though, just the extent of what you cover out there and how many people you have while maybe not on quote-unquote payroll, but how many different guys you got writing for you? I mean, we cover uh, the we cover all five professional uh, franchises in Chicago, all six rather, two baseball teams, the Blackhawks, the Bears, the Bulls, the Chicago Fire, and then we have a handful of uh, Division One and uh, collegiate football and basketball programs that we cover. And we've got... Um, on payroll and as uh, in non-paid positions, we've probably got 15 to 20 different guys writing and helping out at the site at any given time. That's great. Well, I've read a, a lot of your content, and you're pretty good uh, at getting up the, the pertinent information. Craig would be a guy, if you were doing this in the Baltimore-Washington area, he'd be a guy you'd be using because he's at every event. Well, and you know the other that was what I was going to ask you. Do you have uh, do you, do you know Bruce Levine and uh, uh, a couple of the guys out there in uh, in radio uh, th- that may be doing this kind of on the side too, writing for you? No, you know what? Not Bruce, uh, but Eli Hershkovich actually, oh, okay. who is a producer over at uh, Six Seventy The Score, right? WSGR. Uh, he actually writes for us. He does a lot of college hoop stuff for us, so we have that. All right, well, let's get to baseball, because this is the bat around after all. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the, the two clubs. The Cubs are kind of trying to battle back after a, a slightly down season last year. I think they, they – you know, I heard somebody talking about this, and I forget who it was on uh, either on XM the other day, that the Cubs – Really, with the, with the combination of having played in the seventh game of the World Series in '16, and the World Baseball Classic, and how that had spring training open a little bit earlier, they had the shortest off season in the history of the game. Uh, yeah, the, the uh, hangover was definitely a factor last year for the Cubs. Uh, some of them have admitted it. Some of them won't touch the subject. Uh, Dallas Keuchel and the Astros actually called them out the other day and uh, said that they have better players, so they won't have to worry about that. But <laughs> <laughs> most definitely, the hangover was an issue for the Cubs last year. You could see it in all their individual numbers that declined, as well as you know the team. You know, not, I mean, they still got to the National League Championship Series, so you can't call the season a failure. But it was evident. Um, a question. A couple yeah. years ago, Jake Arrieta was arguably, well, not arguably, he won the Cy Young Award in the National League. He was probably the best pitcher in baseball that season. I, I think it's 15. Um, why was there never really a more concrete chance that he'd ever come back? 
well, he's a Boris guy, and uh, he, he's, he wants a lot more than teams are willing to pay, especially with this weird offseason that we just saw. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was kind of it was a it was a foreseen or foregone conclusion last fall that this was the the end of the line for Jake Arrieta in Chicago. Uh, well, he's he's probably in line or or one of the guys who the Nationals believe that they could get a hold of. Uh, but again, when you think about Burris's relationship with the learners. Uh, that's that's always got to play into it. But again, it's, it's like you said, the money, I just don't think these guys are going to get the kind of cash that, that they expect to get. No, you know, baseball front offices, it seems, are, are done paying guys for past performance. They're done paying guys who are, you know, on the wrong side of 30, not saying they can't play no more, that their career's over, but a lot. it's very analytic heavy nowadays, and they're not going to pay massive contracts to guys on the wrong side of 30, you know, based upon the merit of their prior performance. And that's what we're, why we're seeing the Moustakas and the Arietas go unsigned halfway through spring training and, you know, Hosmer getting signed a week into spring training. So let me ask you this. Uh, Tyler Chatwood signs a contract. This is a guy I don't think he's ever pitched more than is it a, is the number one fifty. He's never pitched more than one hundred and fifty innings in a season. He gets thirteen million a year. Did the Cubs really play this right when maybe they could have gotten Alex Cobb at that number? You never know. Uh, I mean, I especially mean, with looks- especially Patrick with the relationship Cobb had with Madden and with Hickey Cobb, you know, they talked and that was, that was a rumor that's been floating around since, I mean, probably last winter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just, it never came to fruition. I don't know exactly what the numbers, you know, how far apart they were on the numbers, but they didn't see eye to eye. And, uh, you know, Chatwood is a guy who they really like his, his splits and they like his away numbers away from Coors Field. Mm -hmm. And they've, they think he's a perfect guy to round out the bottom rotation. And, you know, they're not really – they're not paying him again. They're not paying him on his past performance because his right. past performance is very modest, very mediocre, you know, at best. They're, they think they have something that's going to grow there. So they're investing in it. Tell me a little bit about the Darvish contract and, and why he was viewed as highly as he was based on what we saw at the end of last year, which was pretty ugly. Do they really feel there's something to this tipping his – his pitches thing. <laughs> uh, they say though. They say so. They they are. Uh, they'll tell you that that's the fix, and that he's going to be just fine. Um, and and he probably will be. I mean, he's a very talented pitcher, and he's had more success than not when healthy in Major League Baseball. Um, but my my beef with the deal is it's a six year deal, and I don't think he'll be successful throughout the duration of that six years. I mean, he he's already thirty one. He's already had. Tommy John, and he's already you know, yeah. he throws very hard. It, it's a it's a, a head scratching co- contract to me. Listen, I'm, I make no bones about it. Theo Epstein is a Hall of Famer, but interspersed in that career is the Carl Crawford contract he signed when he was with the Red Sox, and mm-hmm. the Jason Hayward contract. So he's not above making a, a big mistake, uh, you know, with a broad stroke. And no, this, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, 
to me, one of the biggest gambles he's taken is he had Wade Davis in in house. They let him leave, and they bring in Brandon Morrow, who granted had a tremendous season with the Dodgers, but um, a history of arm problems. Yeah, and I think he's got uh, 18 saves as his career high in an individual season, and they're they've already pretty much named him the closer this year. So, I mean, that's a bit of a gamble there. Uh, I will say that the Cubs bullpen is drastically improved from what it was last year, regardless of where they slot these guys in, uh, Morrow and C-Shack uh, and, and Justin Wilson, hopefully, if he rebounds. Uh, regardless of what order they slot them in, it's a tremendous upgrade from last year. What is your take on this team this year? And like you said, the bullpen's much improved over what it was last year. Uh, but but what's your take on this team with Joe Madden and how basically the city has taken? I mean, I granted the World Series does a lot for you know what you think about your players and your organization, but in in terms of how the fans in this area, uh, you know, go ahead and respond to Joe and and do they basically get a kick out of him? Do they basically you know respect the heck out of his uh, managerial talents? Uh, that's a that's a two sided answer, um, like <laughs> and that's kind of why I ask it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think the majority of the fan base loves Joe Madden as a whole, and especially they love his ability to you know lead those guys and motivate in, in weird and quirky ways. Um, but there there is a large group of fans that, and and I'm included in that that they question some of his decision-making abilities, especially when it comes to managing his bullpen and his pitching staff. Um, we've seen over the last couple of years, you know, the world series does a lot for you in terms of your credibility, but you know, people aren't blind. They see bad decisions being made in the bullpen and with the pitching staff. And, you know, even his, his lineup uh, blender per se, it, it kind of chaps people the wrong way. Yeah, a lot more eyeballs on him in Chicago and nationally now than there were when he was the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays. I love the I love the guy, but he's no Earl Weaver or Billy Martin or one of those great or Sparky Anderson. I mean, he's he's good, but I don't think yeah. he, he's that class. Uh, before we turn to the White Sox, one of the big moves that they made the Cubs was. Uh, jettisoning their pitching coach and their hitting coach, and they brought in Jim Hickey, who's experienced with Joe Madden, and they brought in Chili Davis. Uh, I know you're probably not down there in Arizona with the team during spring training, running a business like you are right now, but what are you hearing from your people out there? Uh, how are they being met? Well, they, they love both of them. They especially love Jim Hickey. I mean, Hickey has experience working with Joe and he's got experience uh you know he's well respected and Chili Chili too I mean his his track record speaks for itself he's probably been more of a story this spring than Hickey has cuz I think a lot of people just anticipated Hickey taking that job this season uh but Chili Davis has is resonating well with all the players and uh his track record in Boston and in Oakland really speaks for itself the way with what he's drawn out of hitters. And, and I think Kyle Schwarber is probably the most excited of all the players given the down year he had last year. And so far the work that he's done with Chile, he he's, he's been raving about 
their conversations together and, and how good he feels about working with him. Hey, one other question before we let you go. Uh, we had on one of our writers from down in Sarasota, and he was mentioning the possibilities of occasionally platooning Valencia uh, for Chris Davis if Davis isn't hitting left-handers. Are the Cubs above uh, doing the same thing with Jason Hayward if he's struggling? I don't know if they'll do that out of the box because, again, they're still very gun-shy about doing anything, pulling him in any way right. uh, with that with that huge contract. But I think the, they're warming to the idea. I think through the middle of the season, towards the end of the season, if they're stumbling yep. at all, you could very well see that. All right. Patrick Flowers, we really appreciate your coming on. We didn't even get to the White Sox, so we'll, maybe we'll grab you in a couple weeks before the American League season uh, gets underway and talk a little White Sox, all right? All right. All right, thank you very much. It's thelooposports.com, all the Chicago sports you could possibly want. That's Patrick Flowers. Thanks, Pat. All right, thanks, Dan Craig. Bye. All righty. Uh, when, well, actually we're, we're going to stick with it right here and Brittany's going to make our connection next with, uh, Howard Bender of Fantasy Alarm and we'll talk to him a little bit about fantasy baseball. Well, some people watching on Facebook live, yeah. uh, they, uh, one guy, somebody wrote in and says, Craig looks angry today. He must be looking at his computer for the Orioles starting five rotation. <laughs> and I'm like, no, not really. Uh, I've had some allergy issues the last few days, so I'm just, you know. You look of, angry all the time. I, I look angry yeah, all the time. Yeah, you look so. angry all the time. It's a good look for you. Well, but, you know, I realized I was coming in here to be with you this, this morning <laughs> after a three-week hiatus, so <laughs> that'll have a tendency to do that. All right. Let me ask you this in terms yes. of, uh, you know, we, we, we haven't seen, and of course, Chris Davis is hurt right now. Yep. They're expecting him to be back uh, doing baseball activities coming up here now, but also later on this week, maybe get back in the lineup by Friday or so. Uh, in, in terms of this season for him, right? is there anything you've seen in spring training early on? I, I haven't been down there and have only seen a few innings. I, I'm, I'm, it's interesting for Henneman, Jim Henneman, our writer down there, to mention the possibility of, of a platoon, platooning yeah. situation with Valencia. It's interesting. We've got our next guest on with us now, and that is Howard Bender from FantasyAlarm.com. Howard, how are you? What's going on, guys? How are you today? First of all, I want to introduce you to Craig Heist, who's a legend in his own mind, but seriously a legend in the Baltimore-Washington Carter covering all sports. How are you, Howard? I'm doing very well. I appreciate you guys having me on here. There's nothing better than talking baseball and fantasy baseball this time of year. Hey, before we talk fantasy baseball, I want to talk a little bit about your company, because... I've been a fantasy baseball player since the mid '80s. Okay, not and successfully, not, by not the successfully, way. <laughs> exactly. But I've been playing for over 30 years, and I, you know, I got XM Radio about five, six years ago, and I got locked into the MLB channel, and I'd hear about this fantasy channel, and for some reason, I really discovered this year that Bowden was on there, and I think he's one of the great. Um, content providers. I read them uh, on the athletic.com. I follow them on the, the front office over on XM Baseball. 
and now I've discovered him, and he's on he's on the XM Fantasy Channel like all day. But tell me a little bit, so I've discovered you. Tell me a little bit about your company, FantasyAlarm.com. Well, we've been around for, uh, well, almost a, a full decade uh, as far as uh, being a, a bigger player in the fantasy realm. We're, we're predominantly a content site and a tool site, so that way uh, you can get your research done while also receiving uh, very high-quality uh Content, suggestions, strategies, articles, uh, player breakdowns, everything you could possibly want. And, I mean, it was great. Like, you know, Jim Bowden came to us, actually. That's an incredible that he, story that he, he knew that fantasy was big enough that he could make part of his living out of it. Well, yeah, I think that that's, uh, you know, well, we've, seen, we've seen a huge growth over the years. I mean, it was the late 90s when the Internet blew up fantasy. You started seeing a lot, you know, a lot more sites coming out there. The daily fantasy sports world has really brought it even more into the forefront. And you've also got, you know, things like the NFBC, the National Fantasy Baseball Championships, uh, where people are starting to play a little bit more high stakes. Now, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just it's an industry that's grown over the time here, and you know when Jim saw that, and you know, and we always hear these con these conflicts between athletes and fantasy owners. You know, it's predominantly in fantasy football where you get a guy who you know yells at Peyton Manning for throwing three interceptions <laughs> and not you know during playoff time and and ruining his fantasy season. Um, you know, Bowden had the insight and the uh, and the foresight to see that you've got to bridge these two, that, you know, MLB, NFL, all of these, you know, major sports leagues uh, obviously see how big fantasy sports are. And so he came to us and he said, I, I love everything that you guys bring to the table here. I love the, the, the fact that you can do all of your research and get all of your opinions, your rankings, uh, all in one, you know, in a one-stop shop. So he actually asked to partner up with us. Um, and to join the team, which then obviously, you know, when you talk about a guy like Jim Bowden and the vast experience that he has as a general manager, I mean, we're getting, we're getting, we're bringing insights to fantasy owners right now at Fantasy Alarm that you're never going to get. Like yeah, our, exactly. our MLB draft guide right now, what Jim and I do is we actually record audio just based, you know, we do team breakdowns, he and I, and we just go over everything. And we break down each team. We break down their lineups. We, but what we do mostly is we also break down what goes on in the front office. You know, what's Alec Anthopoulos like now that he's taken over the job uh, in Atlanta? And is this a team that is going to, you know, keep its rookies down? Is this a team that's going to bring its rookies up early? Um, and so having those insights into knowing what a team is going to do and how a general manager likes to run his organization, it's invaluable to fantasy owners. We're talking with Howard Bender of FantasyAlarm.com. Before we really do get into some actual baseball talk, I do want to ask you about the, 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 the guide, the draft guide that, that Bowden and you have worked on. You're selling it. It goes for thirty nine, I think thirty nine ninety nine. but if you put in the passcode BOSS, you get it for half price. Yeah, fifty. It's it's basically it's fifteen bucks. Go to fantasyalarm.com slash boss. That'll immediately bring you to where you can enter the promo code. 
and yeah, the draft guide's fifteen bucks, and I mean, it literally it comes with uh, there are over thirty different strategy articles. There are a number. There there are another thirty to forty uh, research abstracts and and player profiles and everything you could possibly want. Then, like I also said, you get full access to all of our tools, our projections. Uh, you know, how to play in daily fantasy sports for MLB. Uh, and then, of course, we're also adding audio and video to our draft guide. It's all online. You can't, I mean, you can print out a PDF yep. file if you need a hard copy of it there. But, I mean, we're giving you all the tools you could possibly want, including what we call the ultimate cheat sheet, which is this, uh, this, this five-page printout. Uh, and that's all you're going to need for your draft. Like it gives you your auction values and your round suggestions for players, uh, rookies, sleepers, and busts, all all written by Jim Bowden. So I mean, it is. I mean, it's it, the fact that we're selling it for fifteen bucks. We're giving you that discount price. Is uh, I mean, I don't want to say it's criminal. But for the amount of work that I've been putting in on it, I'm like, really? This is the is, price point we want? Is it blowing up? I mean, how, are you selling a ton of these things? They're flying out. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, you know, we're crushing last year's numbers, uh, having Jim Bowden in here. And we're getting a lot of phenomenal feedback as well. So, I mean, that's really what Fantasy Alarm is trying to do, is we're trying to really build ourselves a community here yeah. where... You know, it's real people who are playing in real high-stakes leagues and real, you know, home leagues, and, and it's all about the personalized attention that, you know, my team over at Fantasy Alarm can provide to anybody who purchases the guide, subscribes to Fantasy Alarm, whatever the case may be. Howard, what is the key for a novice like myself and I ask this question because Stan has been doing it 30 years and still can't get it right. <laughs> what is the what I've is the, won a few championships? What is the key to putting together a great fantasy team or a good one that can compete? And here's why I ask is because I'll come to the ballpark on a certain evening and Stan will say, "Hey, you know, I had this guy on my fantasy team and." Damned He's if he got VD. Yeah, right. <laughs> Damned didn't he get hurt? <laughs> and and in, the, in that player's case, he really got hurt. Yeah. But it was, but what's the key when you're looking over stats and trying to do your homework as best you can? In all seriousness, what is the best way to to go about this? I mean, it's all about the time that you put in and the dedication. Listen, I love fantasy football. It's fun. It's light. It's easy. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Any mouth-breathing knuckle-dragger can win a fantasy football league. There's a whole lot that's of That's why you won. I won, I won this year. That's I won the media won league that. this year, yeah. <laughs> For baseball, I mean, listen, there's a lot of number crunching that goes on. You have to understand uh, that the game is all about ebb and flow. It's all about hot streaks and cold streaks, and it's all about playing the matchups. So, I mean, if you're dedicated and you understand, like in football, I mean, let's take a look at what the Browns are doing right now. Last year, you wouldn't have touched the Browns in fantasy football. Yep. Now, yesterday, all of a sudden, it's Jarvis Landry, it's Tyrod Taylor, and they're adding, uh, they're going to probably add Saquon Barkley. You want the, the Browns yep. next year all of a sudden. You, you, you have so much volatility from year to year that you can't look at numbers the same way in football that you can look in baseball. In baseball, you get 
three, four, five-year sample sizes, you know it's just it's pitcher versus batter. So if you know that you know this this is the way this batter uh, handles himself, whether it's beginning of the year, middle of the season, end of the year, you know how he hits against lefties, how he hits against righties, how he hits in different parts. So I mean, it's definitely it's a lot more in-depth work. Maybe I'm making it sound a little bit more complicated than it actually is. It's just it's a matter of how much you pay attention, how much baseball you actually watch, how much you enjoy this game. So if you have that dedication and you're willing to put in the time, and really, I mean, yes, there are leagues where they have daily roster moves that are a lot more time-consuming. Even if it's a league that has weekly roster moves like you have in football, uh, as long as you give yourself you know, an hour or two every Sunday before you got to set your lineups for the following week, and you just put in the time to research what your players are doing and really look at what's going on throughout the season, who's hot and who's not, you can definitely keep track of it. And then all of a sudden you start to fall into understanding the numbers more. I've sat there and I've got an article in the draft guide that just talks about looking for your benchmarks. You don't need to know how WOBA is calculated, weighted on base average. You don't need to know what the coefficient multipliers are and how some of the nerds come up with this stat. All you need to know is that you want a guy who's got a WOBA of 320 or more. And the higher it is above 320, the better the player is. So if you actually understand what the benchmarks are that you're looking for, then suddenly this whole process of research becomes a lot easier. You mean you let the other people do the heavy lifting and you just come along yeah. and, and discern what are the important uh, markers? Absolutely. Surround, you know what? If you want to be a smart player, yep. you surround yourself with smarter people. How, how hard do you find that it is for people that you talk to about fantasy? Like I, I did talk radio in Baltimore for 20-plus years around the Oriole baseball. So I always thought I knew baseball pretty well. And it's hard for me to admit that fantasy experts may know more of the important stuff than I do. It's hard from an ego standpoint to let it go and sort of let them do the driving, so to speak. You, you can't let it, you can't let it bother you. You can't let it, you know, fantasy nerds aren't, aren't, totally smarter than you. Listen, yeah. there's still that division between the eye test and the number crunch. Yep. Um, and I like to do both. I, I do watch too. as many yeah. games as I possibly can. I look at a guy's swing. Is this guy's swing long? Yes, it is. Okay, now I understand what pitchers he's going to do better, you know, better against because he's got that long swing and this pitcher likes to throw it low and away and this is where, you know, one of his hot zones are as a hitter. So, you know, for me, it's, it's a combination of the two. So just saying that a guy who's like totally into sabermetrics is a better fantasy player than a guy who, you know, predominantly relies on look and feel uh, is an incorrect statement. To me, you have to merge the two of them. You have to embrace the changes that are happening in the game that more teams are looking towards their analytics but nobody's dumping off the top scouts who, you know, yep. work off of just I, you know, the eye test. We're talking with the great Howard Bender of fantasyalarm.com again their draft guide for fantasy baseball players is available go to fantasy.fantasyalarm.com 
and purchase it. If you put in the code BOSS, you're going to get it for $15. I thought it was 20 but Howard's telling me it's 15 Howard, um, uh, I've got to talk to you about my team now. Is it okay if we spend a couple minutes working on my team? Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. All right. I've got... I've got very little offensively that I'm I'm leaning on keeping, but here's my offensive potential keepers. Joe Maurer at nine. This is American League only. Joe Maurer, nine. Delino DeShields Jr., 16. Salvador Perez, 13. All of them make some sense to me. Um, well, I'm not really sure why they all make so much sense to you. Maybe that's what the issue is here. Joe Maurer, <laughs> come on. The dude's hot trash at this point in time. Maybe he hits I like the, I like the two. I like the 285 minimum batting average. Yeah, but I mean, really, is that, what you, is that what you're really concerned about when you're looking at your corner infield spot or first base? Maybe if Maurer still qualified as a catcher, yeah. I could conceivably say, yeah, okay, nine bucks is probably a, a, an okay price for All him. All right, so he's to- I'm tossing him now. But, but Joe Maurer has great hair. <laughs> let's let's face facts here. Anyway. And that is important. Yeah, it's important. All right, Delino to Shields. I drop him. It seems like I'm going to end up chasing steals at a much higher price. Um, I you know for an AL only league, I would keep the Delino DeShields at 16. All right, he's going to play. He's going to play center field for the Rangers. He is probably going to be sitting in that leadoff spot for at least the majority of the season there. Um, and with the fact that steals have been dramatically. Uh, on the on the decline for well, I mean they've they plateaued over the last three seasons here, but from 2014, oh man, I mean there were like he, there were almost 250 to 300 steals more in the league there. So but he's a you guy know, you have I, to pay a little bit of a premium. Can I count on him for 30 plus? Um, I would say you could probably count on him for 30. All right, now Sal Perez, I was leaning a week ago toward not keeping him. And every time I go over my own little versions of a mock draft and we're looking at who I'm going to get, it seems like, and again, I was worried about Perez at his age with injuries and that Kansas City lineup not being what it was. Now they've signed Moustakis and I compare the pricing. What do you think? Is that too high, 13? No, I think that's probably right about where his value is going to be, specifically for an AL-only league. Yeah, I would have tossed him back, too, had, had yep. Moustakas not landed back in Kansas City. But now that you're sitting there with, you know, your two, three, four hitters being Whit Merrifield, Mike Moustakas, and Sal Perez, Perez is going to see a number of pitches to hit over there. And hopefully Merrifield will uh, continue this late bloomer uh, kind of thing that he's got going on and continue to get on base at a, at a, you know, at a solid rate. So I like Sal Perez this year again. And I've got him listed as a, as a top-five catcher for me. All right. Now, let me move over to my pitching staff, okay? I've got sure. Alex Cobb, who I would have to raise from 6 to 11. And of, needless to say, if he hasn't signed, I'm not going to be able to keep him. Would you give him a year's addition if he does sign in the American League? Yeah, it really kind of depends on where he lands, you know? I mean, let's, if, say, if it's, let's lands, say it's – Let's he, say it's Baltimore. Oh, no. Okay. All right. Okay, fair enough. 
All right, so let's leave Cobb out of the equation. My, the rest of my keeper pitchers are, let me go over it. I've got Osuna in the last year of a contract at 13. I've got Shane Green for a dollar. I've got Devansky at two, but he needs a raise up to seven. And then I have Andrew Miller at 16. But the last few days I've been toying with keeping uh, Trevor, uh, what's his name, Hildenberger, of the Twins at $2, thinking he's going to be what Miller has been. Uh, your thoughts on the, the rest of those pitchers? Um, Osuna, absolutely. For yep. 13 bucks. I think he's going to be, he's locked down as the Toronto closer. Uh, got rid of, you know, dealt with the anxiety issues that really hindered him towards the tail end of last season. So I'm in on him. Uh, green for a buck? Oh, please, you know, I mean, I'd, I'd watch monkeys throw poop at each other at the zoo for a buck. So why wouldn't I <laughs> there you go. grab Shane Green? Oh, baby! <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, the other ones are a little bit more interesting. Devensky yep. with, with an increase to seven, that's probably the price point where you're going to have to pay for him. Yep. He's that two-inning guy. He's like Andrew Miller, like you have. So I would say that for me, I would probably go Davinsky at seven and Hildenberger at two that's and let Miller go at that's 16. exactly that's exactly what I've decided to do. Okay. Yeah, the guy I think you've that's talked the right way to go. The guy you've talked me out of is Maurer, okay? Because I keep coming <laughs> around to these first basemen and in all my mock drafts, when I get all the other offensive players I want, I go, Well, who am I gonna get at first? And I go, you know what? Mauer at nine. So, would you take Mauer at six? No, probably not. I mean, okay. listen, you're looking for you're looking for home runs and RBI from yep. first base. Okay, you know, put your put your investment in 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 guys like uh, even Logan Morrison. Probably going to be a, a better option. Somebody, at first somebody's base got somebody's Mauer. somebody's got him locked up. Yeah. What about Matt Olson from Oakland? Somebody's got him. That's the other thing is you look at the scarcity at the position. A lot of good first basemen are taken. How does Ryan Zimmerman grade out for you? Well, I'm an American you know league. I, I know, okay. but I'm just in, in general. <laughs> I kind of dig Zimmerman. Listen, you know, I liked him when he was up and coming as a third baseman. Oh, he's Injuries a great third really baseman. hindered his career. But now, you know, he's, he's got this home in Washington. Uh, it seems to be low pressure for him. He, he's enjoying playing first base right now. I'm not going to say that he's going to repeat what he did last year, but I also don't think that the regression is going to be as as great as a lot of people are saying. So I'm actually I'm in on him, and Washington's really going to need to lean on him, especially with the fact that Daniel Murphy's making his way back from microfracture knee surgery. Right. So we don't really know what's going to happen with, with Daniel Murphy, which means that the Nats are really going to have to lean heavily uh, on Zimmerman to help pick up that slack and provide protection in the lineup uh, for Bryce Harper. Well, I know one thing uh, from Zimmerman's standpoint. If you get him 500 to 550 at-bats and he's healthy for 140 to 145 games, he's going to put up numbers. You're, you're going to get similar type numbers to what you saw last year. We're talking with Howard. It. We're talking with Howard Bender of FantasyAlarm.com, and you can listen to Howard, by the way, every day Monday through Friday from four to six on the XM Fantasy Channel. Uh, Howard, before we let you go, there's a, a gigantic number of. Uh, needless to say, because the outfield is where you get five positions, so you got a huge number. 
And when you start looking, it's obvious you want, if you can get Mookie Betts, you want Mookie Betts. It's obvious if you can get him at the right price, you're going to want Adam Jones or Stanton or Aaron Judge. But the differentiators are these guys that you're going to get for anywhere from 4 to 8 $9. And there's so many of them. I want to throw some names at you, okay? Sure. Ryan Cordell. Hadn't even heard of him until three days ago. And now Roster Resource has him as the starting left fielder in Chicago. Would you take him for 4 or $5? Um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily know if he, how much he's going to stick there. Yeah. You know, you know, when you see it, one of the things, and here's something that Bowden taught me, yep. uh, when you're looking at spring numbers and you're looking at how well guys are performing, what you need to do is on the big games that they have, who are they hitting the home runs sure. off of? Who are yep. they hitting yeah. the doubles off yep. of? Because yep. if they're hitting them off of some of the top pitchers, well, then that's something. But yeah. if all of a sudden, you know, Ryan Cordell is, is looking really sharp because he's playing the last three innings of an intra-squad game, mm-hmm. really, is that where you want to go? So he's not really a guy for me. He's more of like a $1 or a $2 guy okay. because I don't think that there's really that significant job security that he's going to need or want how, in order to be successful in fantasy. How about the two ex-Cardinals, uh, Gritchick and Piscotty? Uh, what would you pay for each of them? Gritchick and Piscotty, I would actually, I, I'm looking at those guys as probably like 10 to $12 players right okay. now. Um, you know, listen, Piscotty's now that he's over in Oakland, he's, you know, he's a lot closer to home. And obviously there are a lot of people who don't know the, the family story there and his mother is ill. And, and it was really a, a hard thing for him last year uh, being so far away. He signed with Oakland. Um, he had extensive conversations with both Billy Bean and uh, manager Bob Melvin about his need to be close to home and what the situation is with his mom. His mom's got early I, early stage uh, Alzheimer, right? Early onset yeah. Alzheimer's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's it's a little it's a distraction for him, but being so close to home now is definitely. I think that's going to boost him. I think he's going to feel more comfortable there in his skin. I think that, that what the A's have going right now with guys like Olsen and Chapman, they just brought in Luke Croy, so I feel like they're kind of going for it. So I like that. What I love about Gritchick, obviously, is you know hitting in the Rogers Center, being in the AL East where you've got Fenway, Yankee Stadium, Rogers Center, Camden Yards, they're all great hitters' mm-hmm. parks. If Gritchick can limit the strikeouts, uh, and just, you know, keep raking for power and hold off Teoscar Hernandez or at least push Hernandez to the other's corner outfield, then I like Gritchick a lot for his upside. I mean, I think, you know, you, you might only get a 240, 250 average from him, but I think he's easily got 30 home run power up All there. Right, let me throw you out a couple quick other names. Curtis Granderson also in that mix. Could he find sort of the Ponce, Ponce de Leon uh you Fountain mean Ponce de Leon? Ponce de Leon, yeah. the Fountain of Youth. Um, it, it, it won't I mean, be long. He, it won't be long before I'll have to keep telling him how to say uh, Danny Echeverria. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it took me a long time to say Danny Echeverria too. I still don't. I, I, I still try and say it as infrequently as possible. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's why I don't do commentary on hockey or basketball. There you go. There you <laughs> go. 
What do you think um, of? You know, what do you think of? Granderson's okay. I mean, yeah. he's he's all right. I he's mean, a four. A who, he's a four or five dollar you know, guy. Four or five. Yeah, he's a four or five dollar guy. He's a late round grab just to see if you can round out your outfield. What about Willie Calhoun in Texas and Derek Fisher in Houston? Well, I really like Willie Calhoun. I think that Willie Calhoun is going to be a big surprise to a lot of people. He's got great power. It's a beautiful ballpark for him, and it looks like the Rangers are going to give him that full opportunity to stay in the outfield and play regularly. So I'm a big fan of his. Um, he'll probably cost you, you know, upwards of like eight to ten instead of the four to five. Okay, Derek Fisher, who I like the potential, but I mean, it's just—it's a very crowded he situation play? Yeah. over there in Houston. And until he locks into a, a regular spot, I see him as being like a three, four, five dollar guy, uh, just to kind of round out your roster as well. All right, in Baltimore, last player I'm going to ask you about today, and I hope we can do this a couple more times, Howard. Uh, Chris Davis is a head scratcher at his prime. He was probably a a twenty seven, twenty eight dollar player. Is he is he worth? Six to nine now, or is he still a twelve or thirteen dollar player on the on the come, so to speak? You know, I, I kind of I'd put him right around that ten dollar range yeah. there. I, you know, because listen, you know that the power stroke is there. You know what he's capable of doing, uh, and he can go on a hot streak where he'll tear it up and and he'll hit ten to twelve home runs in in the span of a month. Then he might go ice cold for you. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not writing him off completely, Yep. uh, you know, but for the same token, I'm looking at him more as a 25 home run guy to 30 home runs mm-hmm. as opposed to a 40 home run guy who I want to lock in. So I think, you know, I think if you just keep talking them down and you start drafting with, uh, disappointed Orioles fans, then I think you can get them at a bargain rate. All right. We're talking with Howard Bender. We appreciate Howard again. The company is FantasyAlarm.com. And, you know, I bought the uh, draft guide. And you know what I said when I started reading it, Howard? Damn, this is good. No, I said, <laughs> I said, I said, oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Howard, uh, many thanks for joining us. We hope we can do it again a couple times. All right. I'd be happy to join you guys again. Thanks so much for asking me. All right. There you go. Howard Bender, fantasyalarm.com. He knows his stuff. Are we taking a break now? We are going to take right. a break. Very quickly before yep. we take a break, uh, Aquino gets the start today. Jason, Give Aquino. us the lineup. You got the well, lineup? No, I'm saying Jason Aquino because Gabriel, you know, uh, has uh, a stress has, reaction. Well, he's shin. got shin splints, but he's expected to miss about two weeks now. Yeah. So, don't don't be surprised if that ends up being more seriously like six weeks. Yeah, uh, these stress reactions. Up until two years ago, I'd never heard of what a stress reaction was. You can get them in a lot of places uh, on your body, and they always take much longer than uh, initially prescribed. Uh, Colby Rasmus in right field, Trey Mancini at first base. Uh, Manny Machado, and you know when he was on, I was going to ask him about Machado, Machado and the what significance. You know what this, he would have said? Well, no. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Yeah, <laughs> but what significance it might play in having Machado moving from third base to shortstop? Right. But anyway, Machado uh, hitting third. Who's at, playing uh, third? Is Beckham playing third today? No, no. I'm uh, sorry. Machado hitting third. No, but I'm saying who's playing, playing third? Uh, oh, you're good. Yeah. You mean Rasmus is leading off and Mancini's <coughs> batting second? You, you did say, give me the lineup, right? Okay, but uh, I didn't think <laughs> Rasmus was leading off. Go yeah, ahead, Rasmus. Rasmus in right field. Trey Mancini, the first baseman. 
Manny Machado, the shortstop. Adam Jones in center. Jonathan Scope at second. Pedro Alvarez, your designated hitter. Tim Beckham is your third baseman. Yeah, you go. Uh, Chance Sisko, the catcher. Uh, Santander's in left field today. Okay. And Aquino will get the start against the Pirates. All right. At at Bradenton? Yes. I do believe so, yes. All right. We're going to take a timeout. When we get back, we're going to shoot the breeze for a couple minutes. And then we're going to hook up with Bill Latson of MLB.com and find out what some of the big stories are that are going on in Major League Baseball. You're listening to the Battle Round on PressBoxOnline.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. For the first time ever, it's our Best of Baltimore Sports double issue as we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the last 12 months, including the announcement of our first ever Local Sports Person of the Year. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. When I think about things that have over-delivered in my life, I think about blueberry pie Oreos, I think about the first Kingsman movie, and now I think about hammer and nails in the Owings Mills Metro Center. My first trip to the ultimate man cave nirvana blew me away. When I got there, I went to the back room. Oh, this is where the magic happens. I got my first ever manicure and pedicure treatment. It was so relaxing. I understand why a lot of guys actually fall asleep back there. The seat was custom crafted for my comfort. I had a flat screen in front of me with noise-canceling headphones so I could watch whatever game I wanted to, and I was even sipping on a nice adult beverage. Then I went out and Tracy hooked me up with a really stylish haircut. She took care of me with the shampoo treatment, the hot steam towel. You can even get the close edge razor shave all at Hammer and Nails Owings Mills. Memberships are available. They make a great gift. On Mondays, you can rent out Hammer and Nails for your corporate event. Trust me when I tell you, this is an experience all guys must have. Hammer and Nails, grooming shop for guys, now open in the Owings Mills Metro Center. This week on Section 3 Six. I have. I use a metaphor to describe the Manny Machado situation that I don't think it's ever been used before. If you get into August and into September and you don't have a shot and your season's over in mid-August, then Topanga found out. You got caught. Right. And it's going to suck and it's going to yeah, be it's terrible. Suck. I know, but I don't care. I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'm going to enjoy this time so much that the suckiness is just, I'm going to put up with it, knowing that it's going to suck. Because you're right, Topanga will find out. My ankle was not really hurt. Find Section 336 on PressBoxOnline.com slash podcast or at Section336.com and on iTunes. What we do with our lives defines us. So consider a path that gives you an array of opportunities for your future. The U.S. Army gives you skills and experiences that make you a well-rounded person. With many ways to serve that align with your goals, you'll become a stronger individual. Find out more at GoArmy.com. You may qualify for up to a $40,000 signing bonus. Start your future today at www.GoArmy.com slash impact. There's strong, then there's Army Strong, paid for by the United States Army. Looking for an exciting new crossover vehicle that has the legroom and cargo space of an SUV? Then you need to look at the all-new Eclipse Cross at Jerry's Mitsubishi. Wow! Once you get behind the wheel of the new Eclipse Cross, you won't want to let go. Available in all-wheel drive, the new Eclipse Cross at Jerry's comes equipped with a 7-inch touchscreen with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, plus head-up display and adaptive cruise control. And right now, Jerry's has a $1,000 dealer discount available. Do it. Go see the New Eclipse Cross at Jerry's Mitsubishi on Joppa Road or online at jerrysmitsubishi.com. 
Hey, it's Glenn, and you might not know this, but we actually have a great wrestling podcast. Well, it's an okay wrestling podcast. No, 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 don't sell us short, Glenn. This podcast involves the main event, AJ Francis. That means it is the best wrestling podcast. Look, just just because you're bigger than us does not mean you're better than us. It does not mean you're the main event. The brains are the one that brings people to the table when it comes to podcasts, so it's me who brings people to job and out. Are you kidding me? Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, you're the worst. Literally the worst. Like, no one has ever tuned in for your opinion. Got real, real, (laughs) real quick. It's jobbing out. Glenn Clark, Aaron. Aaron Oster and AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. He Terp. Every week we're talking pro wrestling. You can find it by going to Jobbing Out on iTunes or SoundCloud or by clicking on the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com. Welcome back to the Bat Around. Craig Heist along with Stan the Fan. And it's that time. You know what time that is. It's rocket time. What time is it? It's rocket time. What? Okay, go ahead. Huh? I'm following you. It's rocket, rocket time. time. They call the man the rocket. Who they call? Bill, Bill Latson Latson's the rocket. I never knew that that oh, was absolutely. his nickname. Jeez. Yeah. Bill, why do they call you the rocket? Uh, it's the way I walk. I walk uh, pretty fast, and I got the nickname from a guy by the name of Tur- Serge Tichette in Montreal. What was his nickname? Uh, he didn't have any name. Everyone <laughs> called him Serge. Yeah, but but Bill called him a lot of things. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly under his breath. Mostly under his breath. Yeah. How are you, man? Doing great. Can't complain. Good. Uh, now you. This is again. You and I kind of falling into the same category. We didn't go to spring training this year, uh, uh, but yet that hasn't stopped you from continuing your. Uh, your, your podcast and things of that nature and your work up at MLB.com. Uh, what are you working on right now? Well, I just just got off of the Jackie Robinson Foundation. I, I stories on that, um, how they're trying to help uh, these young African-Americans uh, get jobs in, in, in the world of baseball. And uh, I, I, I wrote a popular story on Al Bunbury, a former Oriole. Yeah, and really? That was, yeah, that was pretty fun. And uh, he was great to talk to, and uh, obviously he misses the game of baseball, but he loves talking about it, that's for sure. Well, we see B around the, around the ballpark on occasion. 10, yeah. 10, 12 times yeah. a year during the summer. Yeah. He's great, great guy, great guy. Hey, yes, I just he have to ask you, I'm not making a political statement, so are all Donald Trump's tweets about the Rocket Man is he ever referencing Bill Latson? No, they weren't about Kim Jong-un. No. They were about Bill Latson. Yeah. <laughs> that explains no. everything. Yeah. All right. Let me ask you something, Bill. You, you were talking about Al Bunbury and, and, and a discussion you had with him uh, in helping you know inner-city youth and also African-American guys get into baseball. Uh, from a playering standpoint, I know there's a lot of ex-players out there who are – trying to revive the game in the inner cities to get kids more interested in playing the game. How do you mm-hmm. think, how do you think that's coming? I think, uh, I think you still have a long way to go. Yeah. Major League Baseball, especially has been trying its best, you know, in trying to get more African-American kids to play the sport. I mean, I, I just think, you know, you still have, you know the basketball players are doing their thing. Uh, football players, although football football is becoming a little unpopular, I, I think his biggest competition is basketball, and uh, you know dunking and all that stuff. I, I think that's really an eye opener, and 
I, I think uh, baseball is really trying hard. Um, I think he's still far behind, though. But you're talking about something very different here with the Jackie Robinson Foundation. You're talking about the efforts to try and get people that have played baseball, been in the game, jobs well, within the game, correct? No, well, it's, it's really like uh, college kids. They're dealing with college, young African-Americans, college kids. And, uh, you know, they're close to, they'll be graduating in this particular case in uh, 2021. And, uh, you know, they, they, they have a chance to get a head start and see if they want to work in baseball. Okay, but you're talking about jobs in the, in the, in the league offices and team offices, yeah. not playing That's jobs. Okay. Correct. Okay. Um, we're talking with Bill Latson of MLB.com. Bill, uh, did not know you weren't down in spring training at all this year, but obviously you're, you're plugged into the game uh, at every level right now. Tell us two or three stories to really keep an eye on in the early going here. Well, I think obvious, the obvious one uh, are the Yankees for sure, because uh, you know they have a new manager now. They have uh, Giancarlo Stanton, um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust to their new team. Giancarlo Stanton, in particular, in the uh, in the American League, uh, I think uh, the Boston Red Sox uh, they have a new manager as well. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts to the new league as well. This is a guy who's been in the National League most of his career as a coach um, or even as a player. So we'll see how that goes. And I think the third one, obviously, I I think uh, the Houston Astros. I mean, they're the world champs. And uh, I think they can continue. I think they're good enough to win a second championship. So uh, I think those will be the things to look at. I'd like to add another one to that, and I think that's the uh, uh, attention that uh, Shohei Otani is going to get with the Angels Mm -hmm. uh, from a pitching standpoint and, of course, being a position player and and being a a designated hitter, too, as well. Uh, It'll it'll be interesting to see. He's been terrible so far. He's been terrible at both so far. He's been terrible. You're right. But, uh, again, spring training doesn't mean a whole lot. No. But That's we'll see, we'll see what happens when the season starts. But it, uh, it would it would really be, I think, one of the bigger disappointments if he turns out to be a bust with all of the hype and the hoopla that went oh, along. No with question it. about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, he would be the biggest bust since Dice K was. Yeah. when you look at Dice K, the grand span of his brief major league career was a was a bust. Right. No question about it. Uh, we're talking with Bill Latson of MLB.com, and that leads me, talking about Otani and Daisuke, leads me over to very an interesting development over the last two days is that Koji Uehara has picked up his bats and balls and taken them back to Japan. Uh, reflections on his major league career of, what, six years, seven years? Yeah, he was – I thought he was okay. I mean, uh, I, I thought he did. You I know, thought he was um, special. I thought he was really special once he became a bullpen arm. Uh, once he became what? A bullpen arm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Without a question, I think he. Uh, you know, I think he was above average. To be honest with you, um, I think. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know why he went back to Japan, but I, I just think um, he showed that he can compete. In America, and what do, you th- what do you think, Bill, that it would have cost of of signed him in the states? Would he have played for two to three million dollars? See, I don't know because yeah. I mean the way these free agents 
it was going for them this winter. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. It, it, it's tough. I mean, uh, I mean, it's hard. it's hard for me to see. I mean, the way the free agents is going this year, yeah, making a lot more money. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Two million. I don't think two million would have done it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard so. to imagine Tommy Hunter's making nine million dollars this year, and you could have had Koji, in my opinion, for three and a half to four million dollars. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'd rather uh, Tommy Hunter. I agree, Tommy yeah. Hunter. I, I mean, and I, I like Tommy. I like Tommy. Happy yes, as hell for him. Yeah. Uh, from so, the uh, Yankee standpoint, you mentioned uh, more Yankee stuff. Well, no, more but Yankees. but from the I think it's intriguing from the standpoint of all of a sudden, Aaron Boone has decided that uh, Aaron Judge is going to hit in the top of this lineup, and mm-hmm. now that I know they let him off a game or two down south, uh, but he's been he's been in that two hole most of the time. Great on base percentage great, guy. Great on base percentage guy. Is right. that a good? fit and good spot for him knowing what the power numbers were we saw last year? Well, you know, I can tell, I can understand why he's doing this. I mean, like, Boone is an old school guy. He knows the history. And, you know, I, I've seen sluggers like uh, Aaron Judge hit leadoff in the past. So I, I think he just wants a, not only like uh, beyond base percentage, which is as high as you said, but I think uh, they want a quick one nothing lead if they can. And, and this is against lefties only now. Yeah. This is not against righties. But, uh, you know, I, I'm sure Aaron Boone knows the history. Bobby Bonds hit leadoff yep. a lot. Yep. Yeah. So um, this is, to me, from a historical standpoint, this is not a surprise. Let me ask he's, you. A good base, he's a good base runner, too. So I, th- I think that's going to maybe help the Yankees. Get an early lead. I mean, that's the way. That's the only way I see Aaron Boone doing this. And if he's consistent, I can see him doing it all year long. Let me ask you a question about the Yankees and second base and third base. It's clear that Greg Bird's going to get every opportunity to play first base every day. D.D. Gregorius is the shortstop and captain of uh, captain of that infield. Second base and third base. I thought earlier it was going to be. Brandon Drury at third base, and they would mix and match at second base. Uh, Drury has some extensive experience at second base. Could he be at second and Andujar at third? And is Torres, they're just going slow with him because he's coming back from the rotator cuff uh, problem. Well, or Tommy well, they, John, Tommy John well, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah but uh, he's been playing quite a bit, Torres. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to give him every chance to try to make this team. But, um, you know, he hasn't been, you know, like hitting the home runs lately. So I think it depends on how. I think it's going to be who does well during spring training. I think Drury, you know, right now is going to be the third baseman. Okay. I, I really do. And so who do so, you think will play second base? You know what? I think it's going to be Torres. Glaber Tor- Torres? Yeah. Yes. Not Torres. Okay. Glaber Torres. All right. Yes. Interesting. So it it could you know it could be either way. It could go either way. Right now, no decision has been made, and you know we're going to have to wait until I think towards the end of spring training to see what happens. How shocked were you that Mike Mustakas ended up sort of 
putting his tail between his legs and went back to Kansas City. He had to swallow a lot there. Uh, you know, pride-wise, he, he, he turned down 17.4 qualifying offer, and now he's getting 6.5 with a chance to make a few more bucks for a year. Well, you know what, though? I mean, the way I look at him stock is, I think he's only had one great year, mm-hmm. which was last year. You look at the other years, they've been okay to just bad. I, I just think, um, I don't know if I would have given him a multi-year deal. So I can understand why some teams weren't willing to give him that offer. So yes, um, he, he, you know, he was trying to, you know, clean house just based on one year, which was last year. Last year was a great year for him. So that's that's about it. Well, we we know you've covered the Nationals, uh, and and we're back with that team in Montreal before they moved to Washington. Uh, a little bit removed from it, but still pretty close uh, to 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 the situation. Davey Martinez comes in as their new manager. Dusty Baker out. How do you see Davey Martinez uh, with all the years that he spent with Joe Madden fitting in and and being Davey Martinez, his own man, in running his first major league club? Craig, it's too early to tell because, you know, I don't want – you know what? The mistake I made when after Davey Johnson left, I gave, you know, high praise to Matt Williams. Mm-hmm. And obviously because they won that division. But then the next year, I mean, you know what happened. I mean, Matt Williams made a t- made terrible mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he could go down as one of the worst managers in the national history. <laughs> even, so, worse, I mean, even worse than Manny Act. <laughs> well, he's still number one in my book. But anyway. <laughs> but... Um, that's the rocket that that's, said that's that, exactly. Manny. Manny, that's the rocket that said that. <laughs> So, um, you know, I, I will tell you this, though. I mean, I'm, I got to see how Davey Martinez, you know, how, how he does with you know, the Bryce Harper situation, how he does with Ryan Zimmerman. I mean, he, he's talking a good game now. Right now he's telling everyone about what injuries are happening and stuff like that. But uh, I, I want to wait. Before I say he's a great manager, let me see how he does this year. We're talking with uh, Bill Latson, Bill the Rocket Latson of MLB.com. Stan's enamored with this because he didn't know. He had no I idea had no why idea. they call you. I had no idea. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we're talking with Bill about some topics in Major League Baseball. Bill, we've got some veteran guys, uh, you know, 35 and over, say uh, Matt Holiday, Jason Wirth, and I'm leaving John Lackey is probably 35 yeah. or 36. Uh, J.J. Hardy, probably 35. Uh, Have we seen the last of these guys? I have to say yes unless they're willing to sign a minor league deal. Yeah. I don't see any of those guys you mentioned uh, getting a major league deal. I mean, look what happened to uh, Holiday. He got sick during the second half. This This was an illness. See, see, wait a minute. Hold on, Bill. Seen. Bill, let me interrupt for one second. See, Craig, this yeah. is what happens to my fantasy team. Right. Exactly. I bid Matt Holiday. Poor Matt Holiday had no idea his career would end because I drafted him. I had him. He was having a great year until about June fifteenth, and then he went off the table. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because well, we got you. You got to realize why he went off the table. Yeah, because he got sick. He got sick. He had an illness. He never really recovered from. Nope. Even though he was, even though he was healthy enough to be in the postseason, yeah, 
he he never played. Yeah. So um, I would have thought he would have gotten one more shot by somebody, but I, you know. Yeah, but but it's the way he went down, yeah. and you know, and he had an illness. Uh, Jason Worth, injury prone the last two or three years. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the the most uh, the you mentioned a guy. He's not over thirty five. But uh, Mark Reynolds deserves yep. a job. No question. No, I don't think there's any question about yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy. He's from Virginia. That, that's why I mentioned him. And uh, he, you know, he had 35, 35 home runs, drove in over 90 runs, and he doesn't have a job. So uh, I think that's a travesty in itself. All right. Three, other, three guys we know of, actually four pitchers that don't have jobs. Greg Holland. Jake Arrieta, Lance Lynn, and Alex Cobb. Where do they end up, and when? Well, I don't know where they will they end up. I know that uh, Scott Larson said recently that his clients are close to getting jobs somewhere. Right. Um, Arrieta. I mean, he seems to be a perfect fit for the Nationals. There's no yep. way. Yep. I see AJ Cole as a starter. I think that's just talk. Yeah, I think he's on the Nationals. Yeah. Okay, how about Lance Lynn? Wow, um, Brewers. I say back to the back to the Cardinals. Back to the Cardinals. Wow. Okay, how about Alex Cobb? Wow, makes a lot of sense for Baltimore, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you would think the guy wants to win now. But, <laughs> Well, it's not exactly like going back to the Rays. I mean, he, if he believes he's if he believes he's a fourteen to sixteen game winner, that changes the the overall prospect of the Orioles, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, and they do need pitching. I mean, maybe uh, the Brewers. Maybe the All Brewers. Right. I'll well, tell you, know, you something. It's funny, I, it's I, funny I, you I, mentioned I, Mark Reynolds I, though, because. That's a guy who, in the last week, was thrown about in, in terms of the Orioles. And then your original thought then is, well, where does he fit in? Yeah, and especially I, after they signed Valencia. Right, yeah. and I'm not so sure he's a fit now for the yeah. Orioles. You know, what? I, I'm a big fan of what uh, David Stearns is doing in Milwaukee, but I have to be honest with you, I feel sorry for the fans in Milwaukee right now he makes those two gigantic moves by picking up Yelich and Lorenzo Cain, and they the best they could do to improve their starting pitching is uh, Giovanni Gallardo and Wade Miley. Well, I mean, I mean, they still there's still time to yeah. get a pitcher there. I, I, I don't think that's why I think I, that's why I think Lynn is perfect for there on a two year deal. I think he's yeah, perfect there. yeah, but I don't know, man. I mean, Lance Lynn. He was okay last year, but I mean, he was the first year on the Tommy after Tommy John surgery. So I don't, I don't know. Um, All right, I don't how know. about it's not like Lance Lynn is a superstar? How about Greg Holland? Did did he and Boris uh, mis miscalculate there too? It, it looks like it because uh, you know Greg Holland had a good year with Colorado last. Sure year. did. And uh, I would think someone would be willing to. Sign a guy like that, and, and you know he, that was his first year after Tommy John too. Yep, and he sh- showed. So I, I don't know. I don't know where he would go. Um, I guess he'll. I don't, I don't know. I guess he waits now until somebody gets hurt. Somebody important so. gets hurt. Bill, I guess so. Always appreciate it. 
uh, you're a good friend and a good friend of Craig's. Uh, your taste in friends is questionable, but you're a good friend. <laughs> hey, we thank you very much for coming on with us, Bill. Always you good. got it, man. Take Have a good right. one, man. All right. By the way, uh, that game is at halftime right, right. now. And the UMBC ret- retrievers have uh, retrieved, retrieved some, some of the points. Lead, right. Yeah, they've got a two-point lead over the Vermont Catamounts, the number one and two seeds in the America East, going at it in uh, Vermont today. What city is that in? Is that uh, what city is the University of Vermont in? That that's where that game is. I have been. no idea. Okay, we'll find out. We'll find out. During this break, we'll take a break and come back and wrap things up on this edition of the Battle Round. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings weekdays from 11 to 2 and take advantage of their new 15-minute lunch guarantee or your lunch is free. That's right, free. And with a 15-minute lunch guarantee, that means less time waiting and more time eating delicious B-dubs before you got to get back to the office. Buffalo Wild Wings, White Marsh, Owings Mills, and Westminster Wings Beer Sports available for dining orders at participating locations for a limited time. See restaurant for details. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. For the first time ever, it's our best of Baltimore sports double issue as we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the last 12 months, including the announcement of our first ever local sports person of the year. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. They say you're only as strong as the company you keep. The U.S. Army keeps you in strong company. If you want to stand out, the Army can give you the training you need. To take advantage of the strong options waiting for you, visit GoArmy.com. You may qualify for up to a $40,000 signing bonus. Start your future today at www.GoArmy.com impact. They're strong, then there's Army Strong, paid for by the United States Army. The experts at Towson Orthopedic Associates understand that sports injuries can happen at any time. That is why we are extending our practice hours until 7.30 p.m. Monday through Thursday at our Bologna Avenue location. A sports medicine specialist will be on site to better treat injuries when they happen. We stay late because you play late. For more information, visit TowsonOrtho.com slash after hours. Trying to feed a crowd? Order Chick-fil-A catering online from our friend Steve at the Nottingham Square Chick-fil-A. Hot or cold, the scrumptious platters from Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square make throwing your party easy and affordable. Hot Chick-fil-A nuggets, grilled chicken, cool wraps, salad trays, and the chocolate chunk cookie tray. And Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square will deliver. Place your order now. Go to Chick-fil-A.com, choose the Nottingham Square store, and get your party started. It's delicious, and your house will smell out of this world. Don't forget the Chick-fil-A surprise play of the game. Reheatable, bite-sized nuggets are sure to draw a crowd. And it's still cold outside, slurp up the sizzling chicken tortilla soup or the soul-cheering chicken noodle soup at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. I'm Jill Powell. Each day I'll bring you the latest from the floor of the Maryland General Assembly. I'll speak with the newsmakers and feature the sound that is shaping the future of Maryland. Be sure to catch the Maryland Capitol Report at any time at MarylandNewsNetwork.net. Kyle, here's the thing. Since we're streaming live now every day at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, video-wise, 
I'm going to need you to step your game up when it comes to what you wear to work every day from 10 to noon. Uh, I hear you. I mean, I, I'm, they can't see my legs. I can still wear the chaps. Okay, that's fine. I just don't understand for me why they have to be assless chaps. I have the chaps that I have. Well, okay. And I have the toes that I have. This is what we do every day from 10 to noon. Glenn Clark, Kyle Ottenheimer for Glenn Clark Radio. I'm not sure that you'll learn anything. I'm not sure that you'll ever really be entertained. But afterwards, it's going to be a pleasant experience for all involved. How does that work? Yeah, don't worry about it. Glenn Clark Radio and Facebook.com slash Sports. I have absolutely no interest at all in knowing what Kyle Ottenheimer is wearing underneath the counter. None. <laughs> just, just, I hear you. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> How you doing? Good? I'm doing good. All I'm, right. t- I'm texting with Howard Bender, my new friend now. Okay, there you go. I explained to him, I said, I, the thing you can't know is all the first basemen in my league because here's my fear. What happens in fantasy sports, you have to get these positions plugged in. you got to get a player. The, the first basemen in our league that are available will be Lucas Duda. Mm-hmm. Valbuena with the uh, Angels. Angels, right? But Luis and, and, and Abreu is available, but Abreu is going to go for like thirty-one dollars. And when somebody pays thirty-three for him, and I don't go, if I've dropped Mauer back in, I'm going to look around and I'm going to go. Mauer's the guy I want, and then I might have to pay twelve or thirteen for him. Right, but he's telling you not to take. No, Mauer. he's not. He's now <laughs> understanding the dilemma. Ah, okay. Well, that's just you know that's that. Now this is a perfect example of why I don't play fantasy baseball. Yeah, it's very detail oriented. De- yeah. All right, Brittany Everett, great to see you again. You got a big game tomorrow. You're broadcasting baseball, huh? Yeah, Towson baseball against Ohio. Gotcha. Doesn't, doesn't get I any gotcha. better than that. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you like announcing baseball. All right. Yeah. Because she could be like the first. Female Fred Manfra. Why, why didn't we get her before we had Bonza? Well, it's just the, you know, just the luck just of the luck draw. Of the draw. Luck of, it's kind of like fantasy. Orioles and it's Pirates like today. Baseball. Orioles and Pirates today, 1 o'clock start in Bradenton. Orioles and Phillies tomorrow, tomorrow night. Tomorrow, right, and Andrew Kashner yep. with his first start of the spring. Yep. All right. It'll be interesting to see how that pans out for this club. All right. Reminder, you're in next week. I'm not. Oh really? Yeah. Now, do oh, you want just me, get ready to. Do you want we'll have me, a party? Do you want me as a guest? Huh? Do you want me as a guest? Oh, I don't want. Have, I don't <laughs> want you to take any time out of your schedule for me. <laughs> okay. All right. I appreciate that. So that means I got to work on putting my own show together. Is yeah, that that's, that's okay, what I'm reminding enough. you of? All right. Sounds like Richard Justice, huh? Bill Latson. No, we'll, we'll get you know people. Who will probably come on seriously. Ken Rosenthal is home. Recovering from back surgery. Yes, I know. He might that. come on. Or he may want to just, you know, not be bothered with any kind of work whatsoever and continue that. to rehab his I back. That really takes a lot out of a back patient to talk on the phone. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'll remember that the next time you're laid up. Yeah, well, I've been laid up. I've had two back surgeries. All right. All right, that does it for this week's show. Craig Heiss, Brittany Everett, and yours truly, Stan the Fan. Have a great weekend. And, uh, Watch out for those snowflakes Sunday night here in Baltimore. Have a great weekend, everybody.